Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. The U.S. Open is a veritable gateway to tennis greatness. This was pretty much like the Carlos show in the big house. This is the defending champion, the winner of the previous major, which into the third round without dropping a set. Faces Dan Evans next. Tuway has women's tennis brought a lot of variety to bear recently, and that will be on great display. It's going to be a popcorn match. Lena Svitolina against Jesse Padula. Svitolina, she battles. Warrior spirit from Oshaber. Gets a read. Boskova next. Medvedev continues to play really well from the back of the court. Trying to get all his friends in New York on his side to start the tournament. There is work to be done on Labor Day weekend. The U.S. Open continues. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Pre-game show to get you ready for first ball on this Saturday. There is a constant buzz in the city. The streets of New York filled with a combination of excitement, anticipation, and sometimes utter annoyance. That same buzz permeates through the grounds of the U.S. Open. Rude by some and reveled in by others. We are buzzing about this lineup on Arthur Ashe Stadium. World number one, Carlos Alcaraz up first, followed by Jesse Pagula and Alina Svitolina. The night session features the Minister of Happiness herself, Ol Jabur, and former champ Daniil Medvedev will try and take the joy out of Sebastian Baez, who has won 12 straight matches. Players arriving on site this morning, Cam Norrie, top-ranked Brit, looking to reach the fourth round at a major for the first time this year. And how about Arena Sabalenka going for win number 47 on the season? That would be a personal best. She's already bageled Clara Burrell at the U.S. Open last year. That was in the third round as well. As we bring you into our studios, the squad back with you. Steve Weissman, Paul Anacone, Chanda Rubin, and John Wertheim on this Saturday here on Labor Day weekend. We are so happy that you have spent some time with us with your holidays. And guess what? We, we are dialed in like Ben Shelton. Yes, that's right. What, what's on your mind this morning, Paul? Three things. Yeah. Most of them about how players meet the moment, right, in different ways. You have Caroline Wozniacki, a champion who was really on the ropes yesterday. What did she do? She dialed it in, did exactly what she does best. I'm not missing a ball. Got relentlessly uh, motivated about being disciplined. Then you have young Coco Goff, youthful optimism, right? She's down. She could have been down a set and a break. Turns it around, steamrolls. And then you have Novak Djokovic, who... I love to watch what this guy does in adversity. Goes into the bathroom after the second break and just lock second set break and just locks it in and says, 
I'm Novak Djokovic, I'm not missing. It's just incredible how moments of adversity bring out your personality and what you do well. Those three instances really resonated with me yesterday. Well, for me, Steve, it's the weekend, and I've got men on my mind. The American men, that is. Talk about it. <laughs> the American men, that is. Four of them got through into the fourth round yesterday, guaranteed one American man into the quarterfinals with uh, Tommy Paul and Ben Shelton playing. And then, of course, Francis Tiafo and Taylor Fritz, great opportunities to keep progressing in the draw. And then today, Michael Moe trying to do the same, trying to get to the fourth round. Mm. He's got... A tough match against Draper, but it's looking good for the American men so far. I'm excited. Tough to follow that, John. I've got uh, I've got man on my mind. Uh, I, I just want to go back to what Paul was saying about Novak Djokovic because there are a lot of ways to signify greatness and winning 23 majors certainly will qualify. But you know what else? Well, going down two sets to love in a best of five match and the attitude of everyone that the betting markets reflected this. The fans in the stands knew it. You had it some level. Even the opponent knew it. All right, Novak's got to win in five. There was such poise, and he gets one break in the third set and then rolls out the match, and it wasn't even surprising. I don't even think sort of upset meters were, were blinkering and beeping. I think it was more, all right, Novak's off to a slow start. That's where we are with this guy. He can drop the first two sets at age 36, and the response is, I guess he's going to have to go the distance, which is what he did. Champion's sense of inevitability. Great for the fans. Yeah. They were like, oh, we get three yeah, more exactly. sets of tennis. Well, Got a five-setter. Great night. Let the honey deuces just flow. <laughs> Amazing stuff. Well, uh, on Tuesday, we saluted the veterans. There's a whole bunch. Take a look at this. Seven players age 37 or older. But going into day six, Chanda, only Stan Vavrenka is still in the draw. What does that tell us? You know, it's not easy as, you know, players get up there in age. But, I mean, this is certainly, I think, inspirational because it tells you that you can have a longer career now. It used to be late 20s. Players were having a look at retiring, being asked, what are they going to be doing next? Now, I mean, you can keep going, especially if you keep your, yourself fit. You're able to stay decently healthy. I think that's been the struggle for a few of those players. But it's just terrific to see them still out there competing and doing what they love to do at this stage. Still going. Sky's the limit. Yeah. Stan plays Yannick Sinner trying to uh, represent the 37 and over club. We could point out there is a 36-year-old who uh, <laughs> will become the number one player in the world going for his 24th major. But also, you know, I mean, what was it, 30, math real quick, 32 years ago? Is that right? J Jimmy Connors made That's this right. run, and it was, oh, the, the old man, and we're going to have a walker for him, and we've got to chop his food into small bites for old man <laughs> Connors. 39, not so crazy anymore. And uh, I think that goes to show, you know, it wasn't a great first week necessarily, but that board goes to show just how long these careers are getting. And nothing crazy about Stan Wawrinka reaching week two closer to age 40 than he is to 30. Elder millennial, better stand-up special than players still standing. But we are here for you, Stan and Novak and everybody else that is still powering through. If you heard a sonic boom, by the way, in New York yesterday, Paul, it was coming from the racket of young Ben Shelton. How about 147 miles an hour? Now look at that reaction. He is H-I-M. Boom goes the dynamite, or boom goes the Big Ben Shelton serve. That is about a live arm, lots of legs, and look at those numbers. Wait, 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 you said 10% more? Is that That's right? Like, not, even, not even close. Wow. That is, Eight um, miles an hour more than the next person. My arm hurts just looking <laughs> at those numbers. Dad, he said, Dad says I, I'm all, he gets upset when I go for the bombs. I, I don't think what? Brian can be mad about that, no, right? No, no. Hit your target. You Hit your target. Go for as many as you want. Yeah.
147. We, we are here for that. Maybe because he's showing off. Maybe that's why his dad's like, look, stop showing off. I we think that look was towards his dad. is like, pops. <laughs> right? Yeah, dialed up to 150 next time. Let's, let's get there. Uh, a lot still to come. We got Novak Djokovic. He was down by two sets. Those highlights. Plus, yeah, Team Ricks top three ranked Americans potentially on a collision course. Plus, Davis Cup captain Rob Bryan joining us to preview the team he is taking to Croatia later this month. And it is a story of hope how the sport of tennis is helping inmates at one of the country's most notorious prisons. TC Live at the U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Point, the official racket sports retailer of the ATP Tour. Welcome back to TC Live at the U.S. Open. A reminder to download the U.S. Open app to follow your favorite players, track the latest score, stats, match highlights, player news, and much more. It is available in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Back to highlights from yesterday, one of the matches of the day. Third tournament back for Caroline Wozniacki, fourth for Jen Brady. Chanda, they both brought the goods in this one. They did. A little bit of contrasting styles as well with the defense of Wozniacki against the power and big hitting of Brady, and it was the power that held sway in that first set. Brady defending there at the end of that rally, able to get the miss from Wozniacki, and it was advantage Brady. She would get up a break in the second set as well, but Wozniacki is such a good competitor, such a good defense player, and under pressure, she came up with some well-placed shots, keeping Brady under pressure, and this was a real turnaround. Midway through that second set, you could see Wozniacki, she still had the legs, she is so fit, and that is really what came into play. Maybe got a little bit fatigued for Brady, Again, you mentioned so few tournaments back, and when you are off for injury for such a long time, that's one of the first things to go. And Wozniacki able to take full advantage, a terrific battle, and it's Wozniacki getting through. Won 10 of the last 11 games, sets up a showdown with Coco Golf. Well, we already showed you one of Ben Shelton's big serves. He had a whole bunch against Aslan Karatsev, John, feeding off that crowd in New York. She had 26 aces in only 17 service games. So that's uh, about one and a half per game. A lot of entertainment. Nice tweener from Karatsev, but Shelton right there to cover. Remember, Shelton had that week two run in Australia. Since then, hard time stringing together wins. Well, he's stringing them together very well at this event. Um, just some, some good stuff here. Drop the second set and then reset really nicely. You know, guys, we talk about Francis and his ability to play off the crowd. I think Ben Shelton would give him a run for the money there. Look at that. Nice uh, nice reaction. I think you're right, Steve. That was directed at Pops. 147, you like that? That that, uh, that fast enough for you? That was one. Again, 26 aces. Watch the wheels here. Going to get that backhand. That deserves some skin from the fan, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Uh, fourth set. A formality. Shelton really in gear, playing well against a solid opponent. Um, nice poised win. Never like to win on a double fall, but there you have it. Old school. What is that? Dialed in, you said? Dialed in. Right. The man is dialed in. 
knows about that hotline bling. I thought he was calling the helpline. I thought he dialed in. He doesn't need any help. For Come his on. opponent. Who's going to play next? Maybe. <laughs> uh, Shelton's going to play the winner of this match between Tommy Paul, Alejandro Davidovich, Fokina, a TP rolling early, Paul. Yeah, two of the quickest guys you will see on the men's tour, tremendous athletes, and Tommy Paul just got off to a flyer. Look at the movement here. Dips that pass, Davidovich, Fokina and really played some terrific tennis the first two sets. Very impressive. Early on in the third, Davidovich Fokina changed tactics a bit, tried to come forward, tried to beat Tommy Paul to the punch, got that break, and won that third set, 6-3. Tommy Paul, the new Tommy Paul, guys, unbelievably professional. It's been so much fun to watch him and Brad Stein just mature through this guy's journey, and that's exactly what he's done. Look at the score line. 5-2 after losing the third set. Tommy Paul does not blow. Link continues to get back to doing what he does well. A little curving serve there like J.J. Wolf closes it off. Heck of an effort. Into the fourth round here for the first time, but couldn't have done it without one of his youngest fans. I definitely heard him. I, I think we got him tickets to our box or something, but he ended up getting better tickets and was like <laughs> right, on the, right on the side of the court, and I was definitely hearing him. It was, it was fun. He, he definitely got louder. After I lost the third, which was cool, I went and talked to him a little bit after. But yeah, it's it's really cool to have him there. I'm I'm, hope, I'm hoping he becomes famous or something. I mean, we we could all use an Eddie. How about a little Eddie? Got him back from two sets down the match before. Taking a look at the fourth round here on the bottom yeah, half. Look at the flag, Scott. Novak versus the Americans. Um, and interesting, too, we have a wild card and a qualifier and stricker for the players who are not American or Djokovic. So a lot of opportunity for Stars and Strikes. A couple of college tennis players as well in there. North Carolina, Wake Forest represented. Let's talk about some matches going on today. We got Jesse Pagula taking on Alina Spitalina. This is a rematch from D.C. just uh, last month, and it was, <coughs> excuse me, Jesse Pagula who got the win in three. What do you think happens today? Yeah, I think Pagula has had uh, the say in this head-to-head, -head. but, you know, Svitolina, I think she's playing with some renewed, aggressive play, the mindset. You know, she's playing a lot freer. I think that will give her a better chance against Pagula, and also you consider how well she moves and how she, well she defends. Uh, that's going to be maybe a bit more of a foil to the pace, the power, the shot-making of Pagula. So I think this will be a real battle. I still give Pagula the edge in this match, but I think Svitolina can make it interesting. Yeah, I think that's, that's very good. Uh, this will be a test for Pagula. And remember, Svitolina's played deep into the last two majors. Players who, I mean, it's a weird because it's sort of a contrast, but not a contrast. I mean, they have a lot of the same approach to tennis, but uh, I think Pagula's on a mission here. She got her first ever top 10 win against Fidelina. That was just two years ago at the Australian Open. Yeah. She was ranked 61, now she's ranked three in the world. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz hasn't dropped a set all week. He's also never lost a set to Dan Evans. Any reason to believe that changes today? Sure, that's, uh, why, that's why they play, right? Dan Evans has got three out of five sets, so you've got to try to figure it out. He's got a lot of tools in his toolkits. The one thing Dan doesn't have is one huge weapon, and that's tough to go up against this man without a huge weapon. So Evans is going to have to use the variety, the slices. He's going to have to try to come forward, see if he can disrupt Alcaraz, maybe pressure a second serve. I like to see Dan try to come in behind Alcaraz's second serve some 
particularly at the middle of the court. But with Carlos, with that much firepower, oftentimes you just have to sit back and go, okay, it's kind of up to him. Let's see what happens. Evans has to disrupt that mindset. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, that's the, the Evans game is can he make Carlos Alcaraz uncomfortable enough in this match to really create some inroads? The serve has got to be firing, and, you know, he's got to use the placement. He doesn't have a huge serve. He can get some free points, but it's more the placement where he can maybe get in behind it, put himself in good position. That's going to be incredibly tough to do, though, three out of five sets against Alcaraz. Um, I think Evans can make this match, you know, a little, little interesting. I think he can uh, bring some different dynamics into play, but I think the firepower of Alcaraz is just going to be too much. Yeah, but best of five does not work to Dan Evans' advantage. Who can get hot, but who can get cold? Also, Carlos Alcaraz, you know, nice, modest kid. He just turned 20 from the hills of Spain, but he has real showstopper instincts. He loves the crowd. He loves to try the spectacular shot. Saturday session, Labor Day weekend, 20,000 fans in New York. I think the crowd works in his favor, too. crowd loves Carlos as well. And uh, every time he's been in New York, he's made at least the quarterfinals. We'll have many more match previews coming up later here on TC Live. You can catch the four of us all Labor Day weekend at TC Live, 9 a.m. Eastern, leading up to first ball today on ESPN2 at 11 a.m. Eastern. Much more from the big show coming up after a quick break. Welcome back. A reminder, Taylor Fritz and Francis Tiafo lead Team World against Stefano Tsitsipas, Kasper Ruud, and Team Europe over in Vancouver, Canada for the 2023 Labor Cup. Tennis Channel has exclusive live coverage of the three-day event beginning Friday, September 22nd. We are leading you up to first ball in New York City, and USOpen.org is your online home for point-by-point -point live scoring, highlights, real-time stats, and draws. Visit the official tournament site at usopen.org today. Steve Weissman back inside our studios, and the Stars and Stripes are finding old glory at the U.S. Open this year. It's the first time four American men have reached the round of 16 since 2011. And if Michael Moe wins today, they'll have five or more for the first time in nearly 30 years. For a look at today's forecast, here's Fox Weather. Good morning, tennis fans. I'm Fox Weather's Stephen Morgan. Here is today's U.S. Open forecast. Does it get any better than this? Mostly sunny skies with a high of 79 in Queens, New York. Remember, you can stream Fox Weather on your favorite connected TV device like Samsung TV Plus, Channel 1010. Always on, always on. All right, coming up next, we take you inside San Quentin Prison for a look at one of the most secure tennis courts in the world. See how it's transforming the lives of inmates. San Quentin is a really scary place to be. There's a lot of people that come in, they don't care about the future. I have been here for nine years. It's historically known as the end of the world for the people inside. The end of the road. But in the past, it was one of probably the most dangerous prisons in California. I came into the prison system with a life sentence. I didn't know when I would get out. I was incarcerated for 39 years. Tennis was my saving grace. It was a sanctuary for me. Orlando Harris isn't alone. Countless inmates at San Quentin State Prison have found healing through tennis thanks to their own ingenuity. Tennis in San Quentin was uh, prehistoric. 
We didn't actually have a court. We made it into a court. It was a parking lot for buses. How on earth can they possibly play tennis on that? Whoever Together with the inmates, Don Denevi, the soon-to-be director of recreation, hatched a plan to create a world-class court inside one of the most notorious prisons in the country. The institution wasn't going to put out any money. Everything was donated. But we, as tennis lovers that we were, decided that we we're going to jump in there and do the work. Somehow it happened. It was a court of dreams. In 2011, I got the Bryan brothers to come to San Quentin to play our guys. They were serving hard and hitting hard. And if we win a point, their father made them come and stand before us and bow. That meant a lot to me, that someone would give up their time to come meet us. It restores some of my humanity. Now, years later, a new generation of players continues to find a renewed sense of purpose, which extends beyond the court. It's a mechanism to better yourself, know people, to live a better life. Er is my mentor. We talk about life, how to prepare, how to better ourselves, and beside that, we just talk about tennis. For them, that change starts by being part of San Quentin's inside-outside tennis team. It's a rare opportunity for inmates to compete against players from the outside world. Community service and helping people has always been on the top of my list. I thought, no, maybe this is the way that I could do it while combining my love for tennis. Honestly, it's probably been the craziest thing I've done. The yard is about the size of three football fields. The tennis court is right in the middle of it, and there's just hundreds of inmates surrounding us. I had no idea that going inside San Quentin would have such a profound impact on my life. Earl is the team captain. He teaches me how to hit the ball proper. I never play tennis in my life. His learning curve was like this, hey, real quick. For me, when I play tennis, I'm not in prison anymore. Tennis has changed my life. There may come a time where these guys get to come and play with us out here. That's the hope. They matter to us, and they know that. This is quite a program, isn't it? It is. New York is affectionately called the concrete jungle, but th that is the real concrete jungle. And tennis providing the ability for inmates to dream. Beautiful stuff. What would you make of that story? I mean, it's inspiring. I mean, you think about tennis and how it can bring people together from so many different walks of life, so many different backgrounds, and even bring people back from, you know, really difficult situations. And, and I think in, in, um, in this piece, we really see that. I mean, you don't know what people's backgrounds are, what their stories are, what brought them to that place. But together, in those moments, they are somehow on the same playing field. And it's kind of neat to have tennis to be able to do that. I don't know how to say this delicately. Uh, this is not club fed. I mean, this is, this is a real prison. This is, this is the oldest prison in California. There are people who've committed to some capital crimes. And I think some of this is obviously about learning a sport and the recreation. But some of this is about... You could say this for the piece. 
being seen and being heard and feeling relevant, and the connection is really personal as well as picking up a, a, a new sport. Uh, well done, well done, piece to the team. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you look at all the different things that we go through in life, and everybody's problems are relative, right? But you know, when you see tennis and be, tennis being used as medicine for the soul, mm. it's it's pretty good, especially in today's day and age when so much is about health and well-being and people trying to rehabilitate and recover from things that perhaps they're not so proud of, things that haven't gone well in their life, to use this for medicinal purposes for, for tennis people, someone like me, I, I just find it really touching and terrific. No, that's really well said. Tennis as medicine for the soul. Uh, one of the great uses of our sport, Brad Gilbert, Pat Cash, they have also played inside San Quentin as well. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Bob Ryan, who has played tennis inside the walls of San Quentin, what that was like, and also get into his new role as U.S. Davis Cup captain. That's next on TC Live. Back on TC Live at the U.S. Open for Saturday. It's the holiday weekend, and the fans love coming out to Queens for that. Steve Weissman, Paul Anacone, and we've got a special guest on the big screen right now, it's the nine-time U.S. Open champion, the U.S. Davis Cup captain, Bob Bryan in the house. Great to see you, Bob. Hey, fellas. Nice to be with you. So, Bob, obviously now as the Davis Cup captain leading, leading our country's team, a little different experience for you at these Grand Slam events as you're, you're traveling the world watching tennis. Uh, what's it like for you juggling, watching all these guys? Yeah, it's definitely a different perspective. Um, but I, I love being around the tournaments. You know, I spent 27 years here at the U.S. Open as a player. Came here for the first time in 95 as a skinny 17-year-old. And now I, here I am, 45 years old. I'm sitting in the crowd watching, you know, the young guys do their stuff. Um, it's been great to see the Americans coming forward. You know, it's, we're lucky to have so many in the draw, and, and everyone's playing well. So it's good to see. You know, you uh... – it's always a tough time when you lose kind of a stalwart on a team, a guy like John Isner who's hanging him up. And, and you and Mike basically were, you know, you were the stalwarts. You guys were the cornerstones of the team for a long time. With John hanging it up now, do you have like a, an inclination, does someone else just evolve into that role or one of the young guys step up? How do you see that happening or does it happen? Yeah, well, we've got a lot of options on the U.S. side. And, uh, you know, it's tough to lose John. He was uh, such a clutch player for the U.S. for so many years. Um, great Georgia Bulldog. Uh, and he's, you know, won so many big matches. You know, he won that. Those two matches, I, I remember on, being on those teams in, in Monte Carlo on clay on the road to beat France. He won two great matches uh, in Switzerland on the road, beating Federer to win a big Davis Cup match for the U.S. And just his longevity and consistency of his career was really uh, remarkable. So it's tough to see him go, but he inspired a lot of a lot of young kids. I know he inspired Riley Opelka, who's another seven-footer, and he's coming back from the injury, so he could be an option for the U.S. Uh, at some point. But um, you know, just hats off to Johnny, and congrats on an amazing career. And um, you know, we wish him all the best in, in everything going forward. And we know he's going to be, you know, be successful in whatever he does. You know, you mentioned all the all the massive amounts of young talent you have, and as a captain, one of the hardest things is is to make all these decisions. And what I always found really interesting is the philosophy between doubles and singles. And you're gonna, you were part of that as a player. Now you're going to be as a captain. 
Is your philosophy going to change in terms of how you pick doubles specialists versus the mass amount of really good singles players because of the limitations of the team? Yeah, I mean, look, um, yeah, I respect what the singles guys do on the court. On the singles court, they have a lot of different skills that they bring to the table. You know, the, the great return, the ball striking, the doubles players sometimes know how to move a little bit better in the doubles and close the angles and make the court look smaller uh, for the opponents. Um, you know, we're taking to Croatia, we're taking two experienced veterans uh, on the doubles court, Rajiv Ram and Austin Krychek, who are Grand Slam champions, but we also have Mackie McDonald um, as a utility player, as a backup, um, who's been playing a, a lot of both this year. He's been playing singles and doubles, been winning um, doubles matches all over the world, made the finals of Washington, D.C. this summer. So if any of those guys struggle or, or have an injury, he would be a a great option to fill in. Yeah, it's fun to hear you <laughs> listen, listen to your strategy about these philosophies. You had to do it as a team member with your brother for so many years. And, you know, we have some good buddies that were in your shoes before you and Jim Currier and, and Marty Fish. Have you talked to those guys at all philosophically about what they did and what their patterns were? And uh, have they thrown out any ideas to you? Or are you just solely going to go on, on what you learn as you go along? No, I mean, I'm open to any sort of coaching of the captain. Look, these guys, uh, you know, have been on the bench uh, in the U.S. for for the for the players for for many years, and uh, you know, I've looked to them. They they say the number one thing is really communication, and uh, I think I've been good about that. I've been trying to watch all the U.S. players this whole year and be uh, supportive of them. I'm telling the guys, look, you know, you can count on me to have your back, really. Uh, whenever you need me, you know, I'm, I'm there at tournaments. Um, if, if you need help with scheduling, whatever, I, I got your back. So I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to talk to the guys. They're going to be very clear on why I'm selecting a team the way I am. And uh, hopefully that goes a long way with the guys. No, we can see that. I mean, we can see you at all the events, and certainly no one better to, to have your back than, than Bob Bryan. Uh, earlier in the show, Bob, we, we aired a piece about tennis at San Quentin Prison, and, and you and your brother, Mike, are, are a part of that. You actually went to San Quentin to play tennis with some of the in, inmates. What was that experience like for you all? That was amazing. Um, you know, it was a little bit scary because we're, we're walking <laughs> down there on, on a on the prison grounds with really no guards. You know, we had uh, snipers up in the towers, but, you know, we were down there with the guys and, and uh, you know, we were playing on a court that was a little bit uh, short in dimensions, but these guys were competitive. You know, we said, let's split up, let's play, uh, you know, some like pro-am doubles, but no, they wanted to play against us and they wanted to, <laughs> to go after us. And uh, we had guys kind of heckling us and it, it was, uh, it was interesting, but, just to see how much they loved tennis, and they were actually, you know, betting on our matches. They were betting cigarettes on, on if we win or lose matches, and guys say that we were winning them, uh, you know, packs, or we were losing them packs. It was just, it was really, uh, you know, something we'll never forget. Um, but we got to hear their stories, and, and um, you know, there was a coach there that was teaching these guys how to play, and they actually had Tennis Channel in the prison that the guys were uh, watching on a daily basis, which was uh, cool to see. But you all didn't lose any of those matches, though, right? Uh, no, we figured it out. We, we got the win, but we were definitely uh, 
we did no chest bumps. We didn't want to rub it in their face. <laughs> of course not. You, you don't know what can go down there in San Quentin. Uh, awesome to catch up with you, Bob, as always. Best of luck in September in Croatia, leading Team USA. Bring it home, that title. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, from captains to coaches, Holgaruna wants a new man to run his ship. You won't believe what his mom had to say. The latest details coming up on TC Live. Chandler John Paul Steve back with you on TC Live. The tennis shop powered by Tennis Point is the new online store featuring the latest apparel and equipment. Scan the QR code on your screen or visit tennisshop.com today to search a wide selection of brands. And get the same gear as your favorite pros. Highly recommend that. You can get uh, the Yonex gear that Stan Vavrika is rocking as he comes on site this morning, takes on Yonex Center. Actually beat the Italian at the U.S. Open back in 2019, looking to repeat the feat. And how about Alina Svitolina? She's got somebody carrying her bags. Smart, smart for Svitolina. Looking for some revenge against Jesse Pagula later today. Highlights from yesterday, 4-seed Elena Rabakina facing Serana Kristea. The winner would make their best-ever U.S. Open result, John. Yeah, the men lost their 4-seed in Colbaruna. And now, spoiler, we can say the same. Kristea is veteran, 33 years old from Romania. She's won a lot of matches against a lot of good players. And sometimes had trouble sustaining it, but she was terrific in the first set. Won that over the 2022 Wimbledon champ. Bakina, here we are, deep in a tiebreak. Kristea already had a match point. Look at that nice knockoff volley from Robakina. She would end up taking the tiebreak. So you've lost match point. You've lost a set. Now it goes with her. That must be so deflating. But Kristea really reset nicely. She got a break. And then one of the biggest wins of her career. Takes out Robakina. That's a nice, nice win for veteran Kristea. Fourth top ten win of the season. Said she's never felt an atmosphere like this. The four seed on the women's side is out. Well, two-time U.S. Open quarterfinals, Belinda Bencic taking on Zhu Lin Chanda. The Swiss had not dropped a set coming in, and the first set was very tight. It was, and Zhu Lin, she is a tough competitor. She's gained confidence this year, and Bencic had everything she could handle in that first set. Got off to a quick start in the tiebreak, able to take it 7-6, but Zhu... She wouldn't go away. And the backhand up the line, that's one of her best shots. She also has the ability to stay tight to the baseline and take ground away. And that worked against Benchich in the second set. On to a third set, they would go. And it was difficult to see who had the early advantage. But Benchich able to get the break, stepping in, the swinging volley doing the damage there. She was an all-court player in some critical moments. And that gave Benchich the slight edge. This was a tough battle up until the very end. And Benchich gets through in three sets. Gets herself a rematch with Kristea from the Open last year. That Benchich won in three, 15 seed. Quietly moving through the draw in New York City. Well, Swiss qualifier Dominic Stricker is coming off the biggest win in his lifetime against Stefano Sitsipas. Needed five more sets against Benjamin Bonzi. This is a guy who had to qualify just to get into the main draw and backs up that big win over Sitsipas with another big win. Uh, the guy may look like a European butcher, Steve, but he's got a lot of uh, stamina with those young strikers. Uh, this was a fun player to watch, too. And yesterday he played through some rough spots. You can see here, psyched himself up. 
he's got to feel really good physically. This guy's played a lot of tennis and also the emotion that comes with beating a top 10 seed for the biggest win of your career and then to back it up with another five-set win. Remember, Bonzi's one who beat Chris Eubanks in the previous round, but this was a long match, three hours and 27 minutes. But uh, in the end, it was Young Stricker with another big win to reach the second week of a major for the first time in his ascending career. Well done. He says, the bigger the challenge, the greater the opportunity to grow. Taylor Fritz is the next big challenge for Dominic Stricker. Born to Gojo, won an NCAA title at Wake Forest five years ago. Paul can break into the top 100 for the first time with a win over Yuri Vesely. Yeah, he played some tremendous tennis. How about winning 57 of 68 points? This guy served unbelievably well. 78% first serve points in. Just played some tremendous tennis. And Yuri Vesely, even with his left-handed play, couldn't make it uncomfortable enough for Gojo. You look at that scoreline, folks. That was one-way track. A lot of great power tennis, defending when he had to, but mostly dictated with that serve plus one, 12 aces, and off he goes to the fourth round. That's a heck of an effort from him. More mojo for Gojo. Noah Rubin, Petros, Frisohos, all the former Deeks are pumped. As John said, looking like Tito Ortiz back in the day. Uh, Americans in action. Are we overlooking Bernarda Pera? Highlights on the way. Is this former champion operating under the radar as well? He is a self-proclaimed hardcourt specialist, for goodness sake. And we've got an update on where the WTA finals will be played. John Wertheim with the very latest when we come back. Jesse Pagula coming on site. She is still in singles, doubles, mixed doubles. Finally got that win with Austin Krychek. They were on a little losing streak. And her coach, David Witt, not carrying the bag. Come on. Let's help Jesse out there. Taking a look at the Americans in action. We got Pagula. We got Maddie Keys. That is a Team United Cup. That text thread still goes. Peyton. Peyton Stearns. Former Longhorn. Doing big things. How about Michael Moe? Looking to make it five? That's, that's going to be a fun match with Jack Draper. That, that'll be a really fun one. Who, who do you have winning that? Um, I'm going Jack Draper. Going Jack Draper. If he's healthy, too many weapons. We'll see. It's a big if. Big lefty serve. Chanda, make the case for Michael Moe. You know, Michael Moe has just gained so much confidence. He's got the wheels, the speed. He can defend. I think he's going to force Draper in a few more misses, and he can kind of turn the tables, uh, Moe can. He can get into that midcourt area if he can get himself at the net a few times. I think he's got a good shot. All right. Looking forward to Peyton Stearns, Katie Bolter as well. I mean, a, lo a lot of good talent in action today, but let's get you caught up on what went down yesterday. Uh, John made it a point to give Bernarda Perra some love. The American is trying to reach the fourth round here for the first time. Uh, so was the human highlighter, John, Elena Ostapenko. Yeah, never been, uh, neither player have ever been uh, to the fourth round of the Open. Bernarda Perra looked very good in the beginning, bringing that lefty game to bear, and then Ostapenko sort of settled in. She is such a tough out. We can talk uh, about her upcoming opponent next, Ishvatek, who she's never lost to. And then in the third, more Ostapenko, not the cleanest match off the ground. And she'll look at these stat sheets and say, wait, I, I won this thing? Did 17 winners, 37 unforced errors did Ostapenko. But she returned well. She got greats in the latter two sets and ended up closing this out. Nice win over a tricky opponent. Now she gets 
Defending champions. It's three and up. Three yeah, and up against Eagle. By the way, she looks at any stat sheet, even if she loses. Yeah, like, right. How did I lose? Right, That's the confidence of Panko. <laughs> uh, Tennis Channel's own Taylor Townsend looking to get back to the fourth round inside the top 100 as well. Chanda, entertaining match with Carolina Mukova. It was a very entertaining match. Both players coming in using their all-court skills. Uh, Townsend got up the early break, but played a bad game on serve. And Mukova did a terrific job getting it to the tie break and got off to a better start. A few misses from Townsend in the tie break combined with points like this one from Mukova, where she was able to get in, beautifully played, perfectly timed. And we just saw some shot making over and over again. And Mukova in the second set got better started moving in. Here is the shot of the match, the tweener live. Oh, and look, she gets the point. Incredible <laughs> hands and court sense. What an athlete for Mukova. Even Taylor Townsend had to smile after that one. Uh, but Mukova able to get that early break in the second set and did not relinquish it. Got through in straights. Moves into the Sweet 16. Tate still alive in doubles and mixed doubles. It's been a good year for Carolina Mukova. She's got Wang Jinyu next. The draw opening up for her. We, we highlight that, that match second from the top. Wozniacki, Coco Goff, and then, of course, Ostapenko, Sviantek. Good, nice little sweet 16 here on the top half of the women's draw, Paul. But uh, we were talking this morning, and you had an interesting pick for the winner on the women's side. It was the woman who just beat Taylor Towns. Well, Ooh. you know, I don't want to. I don't want to go back to my word because because when the tournament started, I said Coco. Yeah. Right. Still lean that way, but I tell you what, I, I just think she is so talented, Mukova, and we saw her come very close at Roland Garros, and when she uses that all-court game, so good around the net. So uh, she's got a big opportunity. I'm just saying. Don't go to sleep on her. I'm just, we were all, you know, at Roland Garros, you said, oh, Mukhova. Like, everybody picked her to beat Zachary and picked right. her to, Why have we not discussed her more here in New York? I don't know. That's a good, that's <laughs> well, a good question. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, making the, the move to the hard courts, we kind of wondered where she'd be. You know, New York, different conditions. You got the heat. You got the crowd. You got the noise. And she's such a calm, you know, collected customer out there on court. She has used the conditions beautifully, and it's been impressive. And I think it'd be a surprise if she did not get to the semifinals and face either Goff or Sviantec. Um, and I think anything goes if she gets to that stage. She's becoming a big match player, um, Mukova is. And she just has so much game. I think it's tough for anybody to contend with. She played Ash Barty at the Australian Open a few years ago, and Ash Barty said, you know what? She's a jockey jock jock. <laughs> she's a very athletic, I don't know if that's an Aussie expression. She's a very athletic player. She is such an athlete. But it's funny because not only did she reach the Rolling Harris final, she reached the Cincinnati final. Mm -hmm. U.S. hardcourts, like, <laughs> less than two weeks ago. Um, you know, there was another Czech player who won Wimbledon. She may have siphoned some of the energy. Uh, historically, Czech players, some of them, Kvitova is an obvious example, don't love the chaos of New York. So I think she slid under the radar a little bit. But uh, she's a terrific player. And if she can stay, and you know, durability has been an issue with her. If she can stay healthy, um, I'll, I'll hold you to that pick. Not bad. Not bad. Exciting to watch. Yeah. She's, fun. she's fun to watch. Yeah, got, got a full yeah. court game. It's good stuff. War Times highly anticipated stat of the day Ooh. is on the way here on TC Live. What's, what's he going to, what knowledge is he going to drop here? Of course, the players in the gym. Look how quick they are this year. I know. That's, I, I think <laughs> you want to stretch a little slower than see, that, see, right? They all walk in with the coffee. This is the, uh, <laughs> the impact of that. Highly caffeinated stretching. Uh, we'll break down all the big matches coming up later on the show.
John's got an update on the WTA Finals as well. You may be surprised where they could be heading. Back on TC Live at the U.S. Open, there's our favorite Dasha Kazakina coming on site. Takes on Greet Minin today, looking to match her best run ever at the U.S. Open. Check out our girlfriend's YouTube page as well. They do a great job, a fantastic vlog. Uh, speaking of fantastic, hot shot of the day, John Wertheim, none other than Ben Shelton. I think this kid has some, some live wheels. Watch this. Coming into the corner to get that back in. Nice shot. Won the match as well. Uh, did we mention earlier in the show, he had a 147-mile-an-hour serve. I mean, what can he do? And then how about this? you got to give some love to the fans. Adrian Manorino didn't do it there the other day. Go. Benny's up there. He's got to nice give a little shot. high five and stuff, right? Yeah. We think Jimmy Connors, Roddick started that. That's a nice touch. We see it at the Absolutely. U.S. Open more than other events, don't you? Well, the fans, I, I, I feel, feel like, encourage it. They yeah, want exactly. it. They want the love back and forth. Not the physical contact. Exactly. Uh, John, it is great to have you here in this segment. And we've got some big news. You've been covering the situation surrounding the WTA finals for a while now. What is the latest? Yeah, I mean, this, this story develops by the day. I mean, I was told by, by a board member that the WTA basically had hoped to rubber stamp this, putting the finals in Saudi Arabia. That was hoped to be rubber stamped during the tournament. That didn't happen. That was met with some friction. There were some other bids that emerged. And as we speak on Saturday, um, it looks as though now I've been told that there's a new leader in the clubhouse for this bid, and that the Czech Republic bid might be Prague, might be Ostrava, considering on the arena. But I think there's a sense now that going to Saudi Arabia for your year-end finals is really complicated and really fraught. What if we take a year or two and just kind of get a deep breath, maybe do a site visit, get a little more sense? Remember, this event is supposed to start in about eight weeks yeah. from now. Not a lot of time to set up your showcase flagship event. So what I'm hearing now, there's a bid from Cancun, but it looks like the WTA now is leaning toward no – official, not yeah. official yet, leaning towards going to the Czech Republic and then maybe revisiting Saudi Arabia down the road. When will this decision be made? And ultimately, who makes the final decision? Yeah, it's, it's a board vote. And what I have been told is that the WTA doesn't want to put the players in a position of in the late in the major having to defend this, having to get up and take some potentially pointed questions. I think the idea is maybe to announce this now after the U.S. Mm. Open. That was not the plan heading into this tournament. Again, what I was told by multiple sources was Saudi Arabia has this runaway bid. Frankly, we need the money. We're going to do this and sort of hope it doesn't turn into a controversy. That's very different from where we are now. Certainly was a controversy. So right now, the Czech Republic, the leader in the clubhouse, certainly a developing story. You'll be all over it. And if they do announce after the U.S. Open, that means seven weeks of dates time. line up to get ready for the biggest event on the calendar for the WTA. Coming up next, we'll get you ready for today's action with all the big highlights and match previews. Stay close. Oh, superheroes in New York City. Chanda, Paul, John, they're all superheroes. Steve with you back here on TC Live as well, leading up to first ball as we start the holiday weekend at the U.S. Open. And how about Novak Djokovic? Cruised through his first couple matches, John. But his fellow Serbian, Laszlo Jera, did not look intimidated early by the 23-time major champ. Yeah, the cruising ended last night. Um, a strange match. You see Novak in the far court applauding his countrymen. Not a dissimilar player, sort of a, you know, a discount rack Novak. I mean that in the most flattering way. Jared does everything well, very solid, almost the exact same physical dimensions of Novak. He took the first edge. He said, oh, you know, kid, kid made a nice showing of himself. Uh, I guess Novak will have to win in four. 
Well, it was not that simple because Jarrett kept the pressure on. Then Novak, after losing the first two sets, he took a break. He looked at himself in the mirror, literally and figuratively, and then started doing Novak stuff. As soon as he got that break in the third set, you had a feeling, we've seen this movie before. Four times in the last 30 months or so, he's come back at majors from an 0-2 deficit. You remember the final of the French Open against Sitsipas. That was the most dramatic. Here's Jarrett keeping this thing fairly tight, had break points in the fourth set, but Novak just sort of, as usual, starches opportunities. He started playing better. The overhead, can we stop talking about that as a potential weakness? I don't think that shot is a weakness in his arsenal anymore, and by the fifth set, it seemed a bit like a formality. A, uh, so I would play five sets, because uh, Novak would have been upset in a best-of-three match. Instead, he survives and advances in five. And talked about what got him through last night. I did a little pep talk in the mirror. Um, I kind of laughed at myself because I was so pissed off and agitated and, uh, you know, annoyed with, uh, with, the, with the result and with the game. But, you know, I had to uh, kind of force myself to, to, to lift myself up, to lift the spirits up a little bit. Uh, I've done it a few times before in my career. It worked few times it didn't work, but tonight it did, and I'm grateful. Uh, just the second time he has done it at the U.S. Open, did it against Roger Federer back in 2011. But John alluded to this, Paul. At any point after the first two sets, did you ever think Novak was actually in danger of losing? Uh, in terms of being totally transparent, uh, I went to sleep after he broke serve in the third set. Okay. Because you guess with confidence. No, that says everything. It's That's, so yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, look, Jarrett is a very good player. Novak Djokovic is the most accomplished player in the history of the men's game. This guy can deal with adversity. You've heard it. He goes into the bathroom, looks himself in the mirror, and he figures it out. And he problem solves, and he understands that it's a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Is that his eighth time he's been back from yeah, two sets? Two, he hasn't yeah. had to do it very much because he doesn't play a lot of five sets. He doesn't get down much. Yeah. But he, he's amazing. And, and look, give Jarrah a ton of credit. Played a great two sets, and that's hard to do. But Novak is just a cut from a different cloth. He's amazing and continues to find ways to just show us how amazing he is. Yeah, with the way Jarrah came out playing, I mean, we kind of had to sit up and at least take notice, you know, thought maybe he'd move through that match fairly handily, uh, but Jarrah had different ideas. And I think he surprised Djokovic with how well he played from the start, with how clean, how, you know, he was striking the ball, how aggressively he was playing, and still with the consistency. I was maybe not as confident as you were, Paul. I went to sleep as well, but I was like, eh, let me check the score when I, when I wake up. You went to sleep because you were tired. I was tired. Yeah. Uh, but let me check the score when I wake up. Did Djokovic lose? And he got of course he didn't. He won it in three. But I think it's just a testament to the champion that he is, that he understands what triggers him. He understands how to get himself kind of geeked up and into a match, how to turn things around. Uh, and that's a trait that is so crucial, but it's so difficult sometimes to do, especially in these big moments. Late at night, he looked a little flat, uh, but it was just impressive the way he came back out, the way he turned things around. And right at the start of that third set, that was critical. And that's where so many champions really show what they are made of when they can turn things around in those crucial moments and the rest is kind of what we expected from Djokovic. In the second round, Novak won in three sets, zero drama. You know, sort of the, the, the Novak show when he can leave the court saying, well, I'm fired up, I'm swollen with confidence because I'm playing at this really high level at a major. 
Last night, I think it's a different kind of confidence. And if he had his preference, he probably didn't want to go to sleep at 3 in the morning, probably didn't want to play three hours and, and five sets, but in a weird way, to leave a court knowing I lost the first two sets and was on the brink of getting eliminated from a major and, ah, no problem, dusting myself off, reset, and one and five, that's a different kind of confidence going into week two. Yeah, you said it, John. That, that is why we play best of five, because situations like Novak Djokovic. Meantime, uh, Taylor Fritz has not had to go more than three at all at the U.S. Open. Jakob Mensik, he turned 18 yesterday, Paul. Fritz crashed the party and ate all the cake. Yeah, not a great birthday present uh, for him. Taylor Fritz did a great job setting the tone early. Look at all his moves at the net. And Taylor, I'm saying this with tongue-in-cheek. This is more volleys than you've hit the entire 2023 season, and I love it. Good finish. Really did a nice job setting the tone early. Nice smile. Really good power tennis. Good composure. What I like most about what Taylor was doing throughout the match is he was sticking to his game plan. Tried to be the one dictating from the back of the court. Beautiful two-hander there. Really did a nice job playing point-for-point -point mentality. All that matters is the next point, not what happened, what happens. That's the key. Uh, he showed it last night, really did a terrific job. But look, this kid's had a terrific tournament, Mensik, right? I mean, he got through qualifying, won a couple matches, playing some good tennis, bad birthday present, but uh, heck of a job for Taylor. Fritz into the fourth round of the U.S. Open for the first time. His nine sets have gone 2-1, 2-1, 2-2, 1-2-love. That is some dominance. Uh, last American man to reach the fourth round in four straight U.S. Opens was Andre Agassi. Francis Tiafo hoping to join that list, Paul, playing Adrian Manorino. Uh, he just loves this place, loves the crowd, loves the big stage. And Manorino was really impressive. This first set did a terrific job to take it 6-4. One of the new things about Francis, which is so fun to watch, his ability to just stay in there point for point, to use his athleticism, and to figure things out. Uh, years gone by, Francis Tiapo could get a little flustered, can throw in some unforced errors. Yesterday was a great example of how professional he's become. Tip of the cap to him and to Wayne Ferreira and his team really did a super job after that first set. Two great sets and then a little Superman action for Manorino, but that wasn't enough. Got into a tiebreak, and both guys, couple unforced errors in the tiebreak. What I loved about Francis, coming forward at big moments, using his athleticism to find ways to finish, and that's exactly what he did right here on match point. Fourth round tones for Big Foe said the summer is irrelevant. It is all about this tournament. He continues to shine under those bright lights of Arthur Ashe Stadium. Well, there's nothing like New York bagels. Iga Sviantek producing more than Murray's and Russ and Daughters combined right now, Chanda. She's even given them out to her best friends, like like Kaya Yuvon. I mean, Steve, if this is your best friend and how you treat her, <laughs> I hate to see how you treat somebody you don't like. Sviantek was so focused on a mission and really just keeping Yuvon completely out of this match, up the line, opening the court beautifully. It was 39 minutes before Yuvon actually won a game but she would finally get on the board and had a few smiles, a couple of laughs. But that was about it, because Sviantek wiped the smile off her face again with shots like this one. Just had her way on serves, on returns. There wasn't much that Yuvon could do to stop Sviantek rolling, and this was such a one-sided match. They were still friends afterwards. 
I don't know. I wouldn't have been too happy with my friend. <laughs> Just give it, allowing me one game. <laughs> 20 bagels this year for Iga. No other woman has more than nine. That's, that's some Paul Anacone carb loading right there. <laughs> Moving on and doing what she has been known to do. Coco Goff looking to extend her win streak to eight matches. Janice, she would need her second comeback of the week. This one is to Lisa Mertens. Yeah, this was a very different match from the start for Goff. Things were going well. Both players holding serve early on, but Mertens is so tough from the ground. She's got just enough firepower, and that bothered Goff. Burton's able to take that first set, made some nice moves into the net. But Goff in that 1-0 game, it was a long service game. She defended some great points, held, and that was a real turnaround in the match. And Goff able to back it up there with the intensity, that will to win. And it's one of the most special parts of her game. That backhand, the athleticism to get over there and find the line. She had the crowd rocking then, and they were into it. And in the third set, Golf continued that run, reeled off game after game, and it was tough for Mertens. She made a few more unforced errors. It was tough for Mertens to really stick with Golf, and it was just so impressive the way Golf worked her way through this match. She wasn't playing her best tennis, but in the end, reeled off the last 10 games or so of this match. Yeah, since she couldn't lose in front of Justin Bieber, she did not lose a game after she saw him in the stands. Uh, Tommy Paul's got young Eddie. Coco's got the Biebs find inspiration in many forms. Still to come, a battle between the comeback queens. Two players with a combined ranking above 1,000. Keeping it 100 on the court. Highlights from Wozniacki Brady on the way. Welcome back to TC Live at the U.S. Open. A reminder to download the U.S. Open app to follow your favorite players, track the latest score, stats, match highlights, player news, and much more. It is available in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Back to highlights from yesterday, one of the matches of the day. Third tournament back for Caroline Wozniacki, fourth for Jen Brady. Chanda, they both brought the goods in this one. They did. It's a little bit of contrasting styles as well with the defense of Wozniacki against the power and big hitting of Brady, and it was the power that held sway in that first set. Brady defending there at the end of that rally, able to get the miss from Wozniacki, and it was advantage Brady. She would get up a break in the second set as well, but Wozniacki is such a good competitor, such a good defense player, and under pressure, she came up with some well-placed shots, keeping Brady under pressure, and this was a real turnaround. Midway through that second set, you could see Wozniacki, she still had the legs, she is so fit, and that is really what came into play. Maybe got a little bit fatigued for Brady. Again, you mentioned so few tournaments back, and you are off for injury for such a long time. That's one of the first things to go, and Wozniacki able to take full advantage. A terrific battle, and it's Wozniacki getting through. Won 10 of the last 11 games. Sets up a showdown with Coco Golf. Well, we already showed you one of Ben Shelton's big serves. He had a whole bunch against Aslan Karatsev, John, feeding off that crowd in New York. Yeah, 26 aces in only 17 service games. So that's uh, about one and a half per game. A lot of entertainment. Nice tweener from Karatsev, but Shelton right there to cover. Remember, Shelton had that week two run in Australia. Since then, hard time stringing together wins. Well, He's stringing them together very well at this event. Um, just some, some good stuff here. Brock 
the second set and then reset really nicely. You know, guys, we talk about Francis and his ability to play off the crowd. I think Ben Shelton would give him a run for the money there. Look at that. Nice, uh, nice reaction. I think you're right, Steve. That was directed at Pops. 147, you like that? That that uh, that fast enough for you? That was one, again, 26 aces. Watch the wheels here. Going to get that backhand. That deserves some skin from the fans, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Uh, fourth set, a formality. Shelton really in gear. Played well against a solid opponent. Um, nice points to win. Never like to win on a double fall, but there you have it. Old school. Was that dialed in, you said? Dialed in. Right. The man is dialed in. Feels about that hotline bling. I thought it was called the helpline. I'm <laughs> friend, in exactly. there, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't need any help. For Come his on. opponent. Who's going to play okay. next? Maybe. <laughs> uh, Shelton's going to play the winner of this match between Tommy Paul, Alejandro Davidovich, Fokina, a TP rolling early, Paul. Yeah, two of the quickest guys you will see on the men's tour. Tremendous athletes. And Tommy Paul just got off to a flyer. Look at the movement here. Dips that pass, Davidovich, Fokina and really played some terrific tennis the first two sets. Very impressive. Early on in the third, Davidovich Rukina changed tactics a bit, tried to come forward, tried to beat Tommy Paul to the punch, got that break, and won that third set, 6-3. Tommy Paul, the new Tommy Paul, guys, unbelievably professional. It's been so much fun to watch him and Brad Stein just mature through this guy's journey, and that's exactly what he's done. Look at the scoreline. 5-2 after losing the third set. Tommy Paul does not blame. Link, continues to get back to doing what he does well. A little curving serve there like J.J. Wolf closes it off. Heck of an effort. Into the fourth round here for the first time, but couldn't have done it without one of his youngest fans. I definitely heard him. I, I think we got him tickets to our box or something, but he ended up getting better tickets and was like <laughs> right, on the, right on the side of the court. And I was definitely hearing him. It was, it was fun. He, he definitely got louder. After I lost the third, which was cool, I went and talked to him a little bit after. But yeah, it's it's really cool to have him there. I'm I'm, hope, I'm hoping he becomes famous or something. I mean, we we could all use an Eddie. How about a little Eddie? Got him back from two sets down the match before. Taking a look at the fourth round here on the bottom half. Look at the flags, guys. Uh, Novak no versus the Americans. Um, it's interesting too. We have a wild card and a qualifier and stricker for the players who are not American or Djokovic. So a lot of opportunity for Stars and Stripes. A couple of college tennis players as well in there. North Carolina, Wake Forest represented. Let's talk about some matches going on today. We got Jesse Pagula taking on Alina Spitalina. This is a rematch from D.C. just uh, last month and it was, <coughs> excuse me, Jesse Pagula who got the win in three. What do you think happens today? Yeah, I think Pagula has had uh, the say in this head-to-head, -head. but you know, Svitolina, I think she's playing with some renewed, aggressive play, the mindset, you know, she's playing a lot freer. I think that will give her a better chance against Pagula and also you consider how well she moves and how she, well she defends. Uh, that's going to be maybe a bit more of a foil to the pace, the power, the shot-making of Pagula. So I think this will be a real battle. I still give Pagula the edge in this match, but I think Svitolina can make it interesting. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's very good. Uh, this will be a test for Pagula. And remember, Svitolina's played deep into the last two majors. Players who, I mean, it, it's a weird because it's, it's sort of a contrast, but not a contrast. I mean, they have a lot of the same approach to tennis, but uh, 
I think Pagula's on a mission here. She got her first ever top 10 win against Fidelina. That was just two years ago at the Australian Chelsea, Open. Yeah. She was ranked 61, now she's ranked three in the world. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz hasn't dropped a set all week. He's also never lost a set to Dan Evans. Any reason to believe that changes today? Sure, that's, uh, why, that's why they play, right? Dan Evans has got three out of five sets. So you got to try to figure it out. He's got a lot of tools in his toolkits. The one thing Dan doesn't have is one huge weapon, and that's tough to go up against this man without a huge weapon. So Evans is going to have to use the variety, the slices. He's going to have to try to come forward, see if he can disrupt Alcaraz, maybe pressure his second serve. I like to see Dan try to come in behind Alcaraz's second serve some, particularly at the middle of the court. But with Carlos, with that much firepower, oftentimes you just have to sit back and go, okay, it's kind of up to him. Let's see what happens. Evans has to disrupt that mindset. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, that's the, the Evans game is can he make Carlos Alcaraz uncomfortable enough in this match to really create some inroads? The serve has got to be firing, and, you know, he's got to use the placement. He doesn't have a huge serve. He can get some free points, but it's more the placement where he can maybe get in behind it, put himself in good position. That's going to be incredibly tough to do, though, three out of five sets against Alcaraz. Um, I think Evans can make this match, you know, a little, little interesting. I think he can uh, bring some some different dynamics in the play, but I think the firepower of Alcaraz is just going to be too much. Yeah, the best of five does not work to Dan Evans' advantage, who can get hot, but who can get old. Also, Carlos Alcaraz, you know, nice, modest kid. He just turned 20 from the hills of Spain, but he has real showstopper instincts. He loves the crowd. He loves to try the spectacular shot. Saturday session, Labor Day weekend, 20,000 fans in New York. I think the crowd works in his favor, too. crowd loves Carlos as well. And uh, every time he's been in New York, he's made at least the quarterfinals. We'll have many more match previews coming up later here on TC Live. You can catch the four of us all Labor Day weekend. TC Live, 9 a.m. Eastern, leading up to first ball today on ESPN2 at 11 a.m. Eastern. Much more from the big show coming up after a quick break. Welcome back. Look at that rock star. Andre Rublev facing his third straight Frenchman in the tournament. Arthur Rinderkinesh has won his last eight in a row against Frenchman. That's good news. And Caroline Wozniacki getting ready to face Coco Golf. That's on Sunday. The must-see match of the fourth round on the women's side. Got Pops with her there. Before every day at the U.S. Open, Steve Digner gives you his three to see on Tennis.com, previewing a trifecta of top matches today. He's got Pagula, Svitolina, Sinner, Vavrinka, and Alcaraz Evans. Doesn't he usually pick two of them? Or is yeah, what do we got? Yeah, yeah see if he picked any upsets. He's uh, pretty good in his picking, i got to say. Yeah? No, Steve knows what he's talking about. He's also got a great name. Uh, tomorrow on TC Live, the one second delay was amazing. Uh, John, you've got an unstrung on the technology of tennis. What do you got cooking up for us? Yeah, we. Uh, whoever oh. thought tennis was a high bound uh, tradition wedge sport? Um, tennis is embracing technology, both uh, recreational at the U.S. Open. Yeah, exactly. Robots. Like that. Google glasses. We no. <laughs> uh, VR, virtual reality. So that's okay. what we're talking about tomorrow. Taking over. It's it's happening. We need John Connor. Uh, our social net topic of the day is Holgaruna splitting with Patrick Moradoglu. Uh, Paul, the mom of Holgarun, says it, it didn't work out. There were ego clashes between coaches. What do you think of this? 
Wow, that's uh, uh, for all of you uh, artistic people out there. That is an uh, uh, that is a artist's difference of opinion, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just happens. Look, evolution in relationships happens. Coaching relationship in tennis is challenging, one on one. It's not a team sport. They've had a good run of it, and uh, for Holger's new opportunities. Right. Lars Christensen, the old coach. Can I read you a quote real quick? Go yes. from uh, Extra Bladet. I'm prone to quoting them. This is from Holger's mother who said, The team that worked in the gravel season doesn't work now. Ego clash again? I don't know. First of all, calling the presumably clay section uh, gravel is fantastic. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, it looks like uh, he may be going back to his former coach, Holger. No, Patrick, your girl's working with Simona Halep. Uh, that obviously has had some issues as well. Patrick will be back with another player. He's got Rest a lot assured. going on. He's got a lot going uh, on. Yeah, I, I, and Holger, yeah, the, Terrific young player. Hasn't won a match since Wimbledon, but you know what? He'll be okay. Chad is conspicuously quiet. Yeah, what do you say about this? No, I think, you know, whenever you have these academies, players go in and out, they train, they sometimes, you know, get into situations that seem to work for periods of time, even if it's kind of a, a team collaboration with their, you know, private coach. And most of them do have um, their personal coaches that travel and do the day-to-day -day stuff. So, you know, it's not completely unexpected. Sometimes these things run its course. Um, but hopefully for Holger, Holger, he can rebound. He can, you know, stay healthy. He's had some injury issues. That's been a big thing too. So hopefully he can rebound. This too shall pass. Well, uh, he'll he'll be back for the gravel season. <laughs> I think that's Google Translate. There, that makes it the gravel season. But this is a situation where I truly believe both guys are going to be fine. Like Holger Runa, 20 years old. He's in the top 10. He's yeah. going to be great. He's going right. to probably get to number one, win majors. And, and Patrick Muradoglu has his academy, and he's going to be just fine as well. Yep, yep doing just fine. Both of them be A-OK. -okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, time to take another break. Our last segment on the way on this Saturday edition of TC Live. A reminder, the newly enhanced USOpenShop.org is the official shop for 2023 US Open merchandise. Get US Open gear for the whole family. Check out a variety of one-of-a-kind US Open accessories as well. Visit USOpen.shop.org today as Andre Rublev is uh, dancing and getting ready to go. We will break down the big matches coming up next. The U.S. Open is brought to you in part by Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today, ships today. September 2nd, 2023 in New York City. Another beautiful day in Queens. Time to check out our people stars in the stands. Last night was a good night for the stars in the stands. How about Katie Holmes in the house? Katie Holmes, huh? Right. And seven little incognito there. Yeah, look at that. Shades, it's evening, but we still got the shades. Yeah, I'll tell you, that's really, guys, this is just my Ooh. neighbor Jermaine's favorite oh, segment. I know she's, Jermaine. Home, she's home with coffee right now. Going, Jermaine. Paul, oh, you missed this other person. She's she going to have a list uh, for me after this. Did segment. she watch Dawson's Creek? Yeah. <laughs> She knows Katie oh, Holmes. Yeah. Who are these guys? We are the Beavers. These guys. Are. Justin and Haley Beaver. I can't believe Justin's wearing Steve Weissman's outfit. That's, <laughs> not, that's exactly how you showed up today. It, it is. Huh? And I'm proud of it. He's rocking it. And, uh, you know, they look didn't fantastic. Didn't foe spend some time with him? Yeah, they did. Yeah, and right. by the way, that's Jimmy Butler behind them. In the back, the shoulders. Oh, yeah. Right? So you can see the shoulders. <laughs> the shoulders, that's Jimmy Butler, the hoop star right there. We are on it. People. I like, I like I the glasses. Can't get away from our camera. Coco did not drop a game after seeing that Justin was watching her play. Uh, you can check out more starts in the stands with people 
Com, and as these matches get bigger and bigger, bigger stars, more celebs, get brighter, get excited, brighter. To more celebs for you to see. <laughs> All right, you hear the music. We're time. Stat of the daytime. All right, Carlos Alcaraz is in action today, and get this: if he wins this match, he will surpass Andy Roddick in career prize so Andy Roddick played more than 12 years. Yeah, look at that. Paul's That's, jaw is on is the floor. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz, at age 20, is uh, three sets away from exceeding Andy Roddick's career wow. prize pay. The one thing that, I got to say is... He's got two majors. Can we, except, well, first, he's got like two majors. There. But also... He's grown so much. Yeah. He's money. That's oh, it. Yeah. We, need, we need a little sort of adjusted for inflation yeah. when it comes to tennis prize money. Uh, Andy Roddick was not playing in the days when people that uh, lost in the first round won $81,000. So part of this is Carlos Alcaraz. He's doing great. Part of this is prize money's going up, too. Yeah. Talk about off the court, though. Andy owns, like, five businesses. He's, you know... He knows what he's doing. So but the bank account, I'm still giving to Roddick overall. <laughs> uh, let's break down some matches going on today. We got, we we got, got Daniil Medvedev, Sebastian Baez. Baez on a 12-match win streak. That was Paul, that, that's two straight titles. That's a good one. 12's a good one for him. Can I think 13 get 13? lucky. Yeah. Mm. I'm not thinking 13's going to happen with Daniil Medvedev because I think someone on this couch may have picked Medvedev to win the tournament. Not sure. Who's that? Who that was? Hmm. That's me. Yeah, mm. right. I did. That's a big. That's a you big, guys uh, box me pick. out. You guys box me out with your picks. This is gonna be a fun match. You're gonna have great points, and Medvedev's gonna find uh, solutions to the problems that Bias will create, which will be a big forehand and good wheels. All right, uh, Stan Wawrinka taking on Yannick Sinner. 16 years separate these two. Let's take a look at the Tennis Express head-to-head. Three-two. For Sinner. Sinner won both of their matches earlier this year. Straight sets at Indian Wells as well as Rotterdam. So 16 years separates them on the court, Chanda. What will separate them, excuse me, in age, what will separate them on the court today? You know, I think if Stan Vavrinka can pull out a little magic, uh, you know, he gives himself a shot. You know, he's got such a deep reservoir of tennis and mm. of winning and understanding how to play. But Sinner, I mean, he is just a crusher of the ball and he has improved so much uh, the serve I think it's going to be tough for Vavrinka to really you know get on the front foot in a lot of those rallies uh, but you know if he can really keep it tight especially early on in the match I think that's going to be key and obviously the serving he's got a match center go toe, toe to toe hold on to his serve as much as possible down the stretch maybe he gets some opportunities these two share an agent for all the years that separate them there's a close personal relationship I think you nailed it I think close match Stan's got a real shot and we've seen Sinner get a little tight sometimes here he is entering uh, where's the Gucci bag style where's the Gucci bag? exactly he's got a bag handler we just didn't get him in the in the <laughs> clip um, but uh, what, what do we I mean I think Stan's got a real chance yeah I mean, why not don't bet against this guy's three-time major champion taking the court against a guy who's never won a major He's got a, a very good chance, but the Gucci bag sets center apart. Uh, the four of us will be back with you tomorrow morning to break down more action. It's going to be a beautiful Saturday in New York City at the U.S. Open. Enjoy the tennis, everybody. We will see you tomorrow.